Praise the Lord, everybody. Come on, give it a lot of round of applause tonight. Amen, amen, amen. Praise God. Amen, amen. Hallelujah. He's worthy to be praised. Amen, amen. We welcome everyone tonight to a Thursday night Bible study. I, I can't believe it. Tomorrow is Christmas. It came so fast for the Dean. But amen, we're here in the house of God. Mama Allen, we're here to praise God. And it's so good to see everyone in the house of God tonight, the night before Christmas, just to worship and to praise the God that we serve. Amen. He's an awesome God, and it's been good to all of us. And I'm sure, you know, we, we, we are blessed and we are fortunate. There's a lot of people. In fact, I, I was driving up this evening, coming up, and um, on, on one of my uh, main roads that I normally drive on, I see all these, uh, uh, you know, emergency vehicle pulled up and I was saying to my wife you know this time of year you know unfortunately should be a joyful time of year for everyone but a lot of people go through a lot of depression a lot of things especially the new norm that we're living in right now you know with you know the COVID-19 and everything people just being depressed people are down people have lost their loved one but you know in the midst of what's going on we have a God that still love and still cares amen so we're going to invite you all to stand with us. We're going to pray and ask the Lord to be with us tonight. Bless us. He's already with us. And we're going to ask him to bless us and touch us individually and collectively. And that his will will be done in our service tonight. Amen. Pray with us. Father God, we're thankful, O oh God. We're so glad to be in your presence one more time to worship you, Lord God, in the beauty of holiness, O oh God. Lord God, we come before your presence, Lord God, to worship you and to praise you and to magnify your name, O oh God. You are truly, O oh God, oh, the God of all gods and the King of all kings, the one that we adore, worship, and magnify. Lord God, we love you. We thank you, Lord God, for giving your life for us, O oh God. We're so glad, Lord God, that we are a part of this great family of God. Oh, Father God, as we pray tonight, we ask you, Lord God, that you may forgive us for every sins, O oh God, and that you will cleanse us within, O oh God. Wash us and help us to be whiter than snow, Lord God. We not just individually, touch us collectively, Lord God. I pray and ask you, Lord God, that you will bless our time together in our service, Lord God. We pray for our online viewers tonight, that you will touch them tonight also, Lord God. That you will be with them, that you will be in their midst, oh God. That you will bless their family and their loved ones, oh God. Those that are not able to be here tonight, bless and keep them, Lord God. Those that need strength in their body, we ask you to strengthen them, Lord God. Those who need joy, oh God, this is a time, oh God, that you have given us joy, love, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, meekness, and love. And, oh God, help us, Lord God, to reach out more to you, oh God, from whence cometh all our help, oh God. Father God, we love you. We adore you. Lord God, we give you all the glory and all the honor. And we thank you in advance for what you're about to do in this hour. We pray and ask you, Lord God, that you will touch our praise singers, the men of God, as they come forth tonight, that your anointing, your blessing will be upon all of us. Open our minds and our hearts tonight. Oh God, that we will receive from you, Lord God, tonight. Oh God, we need to hear from you tonight, Lord God. Have you way among us tonight. Lord God, as we give you all the glory and as we give you all the honor, we ask you, Lord God, that you would speak to our hearts. 
speak to our minds. Oh, God, we love you. Oh, God, we call upon your name tonight. And we ask you, Lord God, that you will speak to our hearts. Speak to our minds, oh, God. Give us, Lord God, a renewing like never before. Oh, God, pour your spirit upon us like never before. Like on the day of Pentecost, oh, God. They were all with one accord in one place. And, Father God, we pray tonight that you will pour your spirit upon us, Lord God. Let there be a renewing in our hearts. Let there be a renewing in our minds, oh, God. I pray and ask you, oh, God, that you will keep us together. Keep us in your presence. Keep us in your will, Lord God. Let your will be done in our lives and in the midst of your people's life, oh God. Father God, we worship you. Oh God, we give you all the glory. Oh God, we give you all the honor. You are great and you are mighty. Oh God, there is none other like you. Oh God, there is none to compare. You are the one that is and that is to come. Oh God, the one, oh God, who is coming back for us. And oh God, as we pray tonight, we ask you to speak to our hearts. Oh God, speak to our minds. Oh God, transform us. Change us, oh God. Help us to be more like you, Lord God. Help us to call upon your name in the time of trouble. Help us to call upon the name in the time of needs, oh God. For you promise you will supply all our needs according to your riches in glory. Oh God, and as we worship you tonight, we ask you, Lord God, that you will speak to our hearts. Speak to our minds, oh God. Have your way among us in this place tonight, oh God. Take full control of our service tonight. Oh God, we give you all the glory. Oh God, we give you all the honor as we worship you, Lord God. We worship you in the beauty of holiness because you are worthy to be praised. Have your way tonight. Oh God, speak to our hearts, oh God. Speak to our minds, oh God. We love you. Oh God, we give you all the glory and all the honor as we worship you, Lord God, tonight. In the mighty name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Oh God, we worship you and bless your name. Have your way in this place tonight, oh God, as we give you all the glory in the name of Jesus. Come on, church, let's give the Lord a round of applause tonight. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen.
love you, Lord. We give you the honor and the praise. For there is none like you. None compared to you, Lord Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. Can I tell you a little secret tonight? Brother Scarlett mentioned something before he started praying tonight. And what he mentioned was that during the holiday season, if you will, just for this um, conversation here, uh, the holiday season, while you have some sect of the population that are in bliss and enjoying life and having a good time, you have those that are really, really struggling and going through a hard time because it reminds them of so many different things, so many disappointments, hurt comes up around this time, and some even have some that says, ah, you know, and even the Christmas carol sometimes make you sad, and you've got all of that. And I want to tell you this tonight. All of that may be true, but if you don't want to be in that place, the best thing to do is do what this was supposed to be about from the first place. I got to be honest with you. This was always supposed to be a celebration of the birth of our Savior. That's what it was supposed to be from the beginning. Now, we have made it, which is what man has always done. God establishes something, and we, we started out the right way, and along the way, we start making changes. And as we start making changes and start to institute what we desire, it becomes something else. Well, it's going to produce something else if it becomes something else. And so it begins to produce what it's supposed to produce, but we add to it. And then all the different things start happening. And we say, ah, oh, you know, ah, oh, you know. But if the focus will always be on the Savior, then I believe that we will have a good time regardless of what's going on. We will celebrate no matter what's going on, and God will get the praise and honor like he needs to receive it. Somebody say amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Merry Christmas to everybody. Amen. It's just a good time to uh, know that the Lord still reigns and to be able to celebrate one more time the birth of our Savior. And we can't lose sight of what this was always about. And that's the birth of our Savior. And as you see tonight, I will give, I will get into the word of the Lord and just point out a few things to you. Probably most of what I'm going to talk about tonight, you already have some knowledge of. Maybe I'll slip something in there that you didn't think about. And maybe that will also help. But I believe that this is the time to refocus refocus because if we don't refocus uh, uh, the, 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 the times or society and what we have kind of made this into will sweep us away and we'll find ourselves down, we'll find ourselves depressed, we'll find ourselves just not wanting to be around anyone because the focus is not on Jesus. I'll show you something tonight how important it is to make sure the focus is on Jesus. Amen. Good to be in the house of the Lord. Again, Merry Christmas to all of you. Amen. And I greet you all in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. 
uh, to those that are um, uh, part of our service tonight um, uh, via live stream, virtual, I greet you all in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. I want to really say to um, Joe and Barbara Korea, they are just uh, amazing people since they have joined up with uh, Christ Center Church, and they've been faithful. They've been faithful. And so they got baptized in Jesus' name not long ago. We went down to Florida, baptized them, and they've just been faithful. And I can't tell you how much I appreciate them, and I'm just glad for the work that God is doing in their life. Uh, uh, Joe and Barbara want to be so much um, just in the midst physically um, where we are. And so the other day when we introduced Christmas for Christ, they're new to the church. They don't know about Christmas for Christ. And so they're like, we want to be involved in everything. As a matter of fact, when the banquet was being discussed and we thought we were going to have it, they were thinking about how do we be, you know, get to go to the banquet. And so they're thinking about all ways. How can they be involved? And so the other day they figured we got to do something to get involved with Christmas for Christ. And yes, they can give their Christmas for Christ offering um, online. But you know what they did? They asked someone to get a Christmas card for Christ off the tree for them. They said, get one of those cards on the tree, off the tree, and mail it to us. Because they wanted to handle a card, too. They want to make sure, I'm a part of this. And I got, their, I got their response back in the mail today. They sent back their card with their Christmas for Christ offering with their envelope. So they got a chance to see the envelope, handle the envelope, and they sent it back in the mail. And so I am just so proud of them. I am, I'm excited for what God is doing in their life. Pray for Joe and Barbara and for all, for all of our online, our virtual uh, congregation, because I'm sure Dee Dee and there's so many of them that, that joins us every week. Um, I'm sure they want to sometimes be in the midst and, and just get to see the faces and get to be involved. And so we thank God for them. We're praying for them and we want God's will to be done in their life as well. We thank God for them. Amen. Matthew chapter 2, verse number 1, as we go into the word of the Lord. Matthew chapter 2, verse number 1. This is, uh, we normally have Bible study on Thursday, and so it's Christmas Eve, and I just thought it was just so appropriate that Christmas Eve we're able to be together for a short while to worship the Lord together, take in of the word of God, and be able to just celebrate the birth of the Lord together, and tomorrow we'll celebrate it with our loved ones, and we'll go from there. And so... Tonight is a great night to be in the house of the Lord. Matthew chapter 2, verse number 1. The word of the Lord says, well, I have glasses here. I can use them if I would like to. Amen. The word of the Lord says, now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem, somebody say Bethlehem, of Judah, in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. Mm -hmm. And they said unto him in Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet. And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, art not the least among the prince of Judah. 
for out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. Lord, we thank you for your word tonight. Lord, let your will be done. We pray that every single one of us that hear the word of God tonight will respond in faith and obedience. And Lord God, you will move in a special way in our lives individually, collectively, that Lord, what we experience tonight through our studying of the word of God will transfer, Lord God, in our homes and wherever we go to tomorrow, that our light will shine, that same light, Lord God, that reveal your birth, Lord. I pray that there will be a light, oh yes, the Holy Ghost, uh, which light our path, Lord. Uh, let our path be light uh, and let the world see us, Lord God, and know that we are the children of the King. And oh God, that you will use us to be a blessing and that we, oh God, will help somebody know who you are. I pray tonight that these things will be so in Jesus' name. Somebody say amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I want to talk to you on this title, Give the King What Belong to Him. Give the King What Belong to Him. Give the King What Belong to Him. The word king means to possess, to reign, in so much as the possessor is also lord and ruler. He is a chief ruler, one invested with supreme authority over nation, tribe, or country. Many persons are called kings whom we should rather call chief of leaders. There are people that's called king, but they should just be chief of leaders. The word king is applied in the scriptures to God as the sovereign ruler of the universe. Understand that God is not just a king, but the Bible says he is the king of kings. <laughs> So we can talk about all the kings we want to talk about, but God is the king of kings. I love the Lord. He is so good to us, and there's so much about him that we should desire, and he's done so much, and there's so much to search out about him yet. But one thing I love about the Lord is that he always come when we most need him. Because we don't know how things are and how things will turn out. We don't even know the status like we think we do at times. But Jesus will always come when you need him most. Not when you think he should come. The old timers used to say he might not come when you want him, but he'll be there right on time because he's an on-time God. And so he knows just when to show up. He knows just when you need him. And that's what happened over 2,000 years ago. He knew just when the world needed him to come on the scene. 
Galatians chapter 4, verse number 4, the word of God says, But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his son made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. I like it where it says, But when the fullness of time was come. We don't know when the fullness of time because we don't control time. But the one who created time, he controls time. So when the fullness of time, when it was good and ready for him to show up on the scene, he showed up in a way like he's never showed up. He manifested himself as human. All while he was still almighty God. Somebody say amen. Herod was still reigning and yet Jesus Christ came to set up his kingdom even while Herod had established his kingdom. Herod naturally suspected the newborn king to be a rival to his throne. Herod, there's no rival to this newborn king. Are you kidding me? There's no rival. God has no rival. The devil is not God's rival. Sometimes we live for God almost like, oh, you know, I got to be careful because his rival, the devil, might see something and try to do something to me. God has no rival. God is all powerful. He is sovereign and he has all power. He controls everything, including the devil. So God has no rival. Don't you ever make the mistake in thinking that there's something that can go wrong and God has no say-so about it. He's sovereign. He can do or say whatever he wants about any situation. But he's so good that sometimes he decides, I won't do or say anything. But don't make a mistake in thinking that he can't do or he will not do or say. He decides if he wants to do or what he wants to say. And sometimes he decides, I'm just going to stay quiet on this one. Mm, help us, Holy Ghost. Christ did not come to sit on the throne of Herod. His kingdom is not of this world. Earthly monarchs raise up uh, and they fall. But Jesus Christ, he reigns forever. You see the difference already? There's kings. If you go all the way back in scripture, there's always been a king. And that king is set up and that king comes down. That king lived for a while and then he died. So there's always been kings. But when the king of kings showed up in person, when the king of kings came on the scene as the man, Christ Jesus, the baby boy born and mature into that man, Christ Jesus, when he showed up, guess what? He reigned and he still reigned reigning today and he will not stop reigning and when we get to heaven it's that same king that sits on the throne his throne not nobody else's throne but his throne and he's on it right now and he will reign for all eternity i love that god he is our king yes 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 force selfishness and cruelty characterize the kingship of Herod or any human being that is considered king at any time. They, they, they rule or their kingship was characterized by force or selfishness or cruelty. But hear me, truth, gentleness, and love marks the kingship of Jesus Christ. Truth, gentleness, and love mark the kingship of Jesus Christ. 
Every true seeker after Christ will be rewarded when they see him. I'll say that again. Every true seeker of Jesus Christ will be rewarded by seeing him. It's worth it to seek him. We should seek him. Uh huh. Because there's a great reward. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse number six, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. Who is him? Jesus Christ. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. If we seek him, if we come to see him, if we come to know him, guess what? We will be rewarded of him while we're here in earth. And when we finally meet him in the air and go and spend eternity with him, we will be rewarded then with a crown, with everlasting life. I think we ought to celebrate that king. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. The wise men had come from a far country. Got mm, to mess with you right now. They had made a long and tedious pilgrim to see this Christ, this baby that was born. They wanted to see him. And they had planned to worship him if it was really the Christ. Huh. It's ironic that they who were closer to Jesus, did not seek him, nor did they come to worship him. Can you imagine wise men traveling miles and miles to say, we need to go see this Christ. We need to go see this baby that is born. They're traveling miles and miles uh, because they got to go see. Uh, they got to go see for themselves. Uh, yes, I've been told by the angels. Uh, yes, the prophets talked about it back in the day. Uh, but now that I've heard, uh, I've got to go and see. Uh, oh, God, talk to us. Uh, oh, help us today, God. How many people are hearing this gospel preached about Jesus Christ and say, I got to go and see if I can experience him. I got to go and see if I can encounter him. I got to go and see how real he is. He's right in our presence. He can be known. And we that are closest to him, will we seek him or will we allow people that had no clue? Listen to me, church. I've been in church just a little bit. And I see it time and time again. I pray and I challenge you as we go into 2021 that you make up in your mind that if you are sure you are a Christian, if you are sure you're living for God, that you make up in your mind when 2021 come to a close, you want to be able to say, I went out and I reached somebody and I taught them the word of God and I helped them to know Jesus and now they're saved and now they're walking with God. I challenge you that every one of us needs to have that kind of mindset because if you don't, what's going to happen is God is going to bring people into the church, whether you do the work or somebody else do the work. God is going to bring people in the church and usually what happens, the new people get excited and the old people are just, oh, you know, we've been doing this for a while. I've watched it. I've watched it for many years. New people come in and they catch 
on fire. They, they realize this thing is true. They, they realize uh, that my God, he's real. They realize uh, he has worked in my life. And now they just, they just, they just get excited and they're hungry and they want to know what can I do to please God? How can I serve the Lord? And they just go uh, and they do. Uh, and nothing is too hard for them uh, because all they want to do uh, is please God. And they push hard because they're new. Because this is new to them. And I challenge you, if you want to stay in tune with God, if you want to keep your excitement for God, then reach out to somebody who will be excited. Did you catch that? Because when you reach out to someone that get a grasp of this and start understanding it, they get excited. And just from their excitement, you will become excited because when they text you, they text you with excitement. When they call you, they call you with excitement. And so now they challenge you to dig in the word of God because guess what? They're excited about what's going on. And because they're excited, you're excited because they're excited. But I thought about that. I said, my God, Look at this. You're telling me that these men traveled so far and the people that were right there in Bethlehem, the people that was just a stone throw, the people that had access, they just neglected. They just ignored. It was no big deal to them, church. We cannot become Christians or we can't be Christians and make the Lord not a big deal to us. Every time somebody talk about Jesus, it needs to get you moving. It needs to get you just I can't stay still. Something begins to stir me because somebody's talking about Jesus. Something begins to happen in me because somebody's talking about Jesus. we got to be so stirred. Hey, hear me tonight. I don't want to be comfortable. I don't want to become so comfortable that when they talk about Jesus, it's just another subject. It's not another subject. It's the greatest subject of all subjects. My God, Jesus is the greatest subject of all subjects. And when you talk about Jesus, I begin to get excited. My soul begins to leap and jump and says, yes, that's my Savior. Woo! Help us, Holy Ghost. When we worship him, we have the opportunity to worship him. When we come here, listen, just go with what the, the, the spirit is, is doing in your heart. Whatever you're hearing preached to you, whatever you've read in the Bible, oh, you, you got to begin to apply those things in your life. You can't worry about how you look. You can't worry about what you feel. you got to just go and begin to just let the Spirit have His way in your life, the Word have His way in your life, and respond with praise and worship. You need to say, God, I can't go into your house without giving you all that I've got. I don't know about everybody else. I can't speak about everybody else. But I reverence this God that I serve so much that it doesn't matter how tired I am. 
It doesn't matter how worn out I am. It doesn't matter how difficult a week that I have. When I come to deliver his word to you, I can care less about this body. It's up to him to uphold this body and strengthen it. But I'm giving you all that I can because I reverence him that much. He is that important to me. I I look at him like that. He is so awesome to me that I serve him and I'm going to serve him with all my heart, with all my mind, with all my soul, with all my strength, which means it doesn't matter how I feel sometimes. If I got to do his will, it comes before everything else and I'm giving him everything I've got. Give the king what belongs to him. It was men who were far away that took the long, tedious journey to see him. They wanted to see him. They wanted to worship him. Oh, God, that those of us who are close to you will not neglect you, will not take you for granted. Oh, I don't want to take God for granted. When we understand that we need to worship him and we need to worship him and we begin to worship him, we will begin to see a difference in our life when we begin to worship him. Listen to me. Listen to this statement. Very important. When we worship him, we are giving him the very best we have to offer him. When we worship him, we are. Hey, listen, listen, I'm, I'm sure when we give our tithes and our offering, that's a commandment of God. He's not asking you. He's not suggesting it to you. It's a commandment to give to bring your tithes and offering into the storehouse. But I'm going to tell you, not even your tithes and your offering is more important than your worship. Now, get this. I understand that taking our tithes and offering, we do it in worship. But let me tell you, there are people that have no jobs. There are people that's not earning any money. You don't think they have something still to offer God? So your worship, your worship is the best thing you can ever give to God. It's the most valuable thing you can ever give to God. You may not have money. You may not have resources. But what you do have is you. And if you will give you to God, you're giving him your very best. Worship, listen to this phrase, guy by the name of Robert Weber said this, and I wholeheartedly agree because he said it more eloquently than I could ever say it, but I've said it before. Listen to what he said. Worship is meeting between, worship is a meeting between God and his people. When the worshiper is brought into personal contact with the one who gives meaning and purpose to life. From this encounter, the worshiper receives strength, courage to live with hope in a fallen world. You're wondering sometimes why some people make it and some don't make it. You're wondering why some people can stay strong in Christ and keep going and others fall off because worship. 
You don't understand. When you worship God, something happens to you as well. God is so powerful. God is so amazing that he never not do something for you when he asks you to do something for him. And so when you worship him by just the nature of who he is, when you worship him, something begins to happen in your life. Something begins to work within your spirit. Something begins to work within your heart. And there's something that he does in you and you're able to keep going and you're able to do his will because you worshiped him see we always think that when we give we give and we lose something but God is so wonderful there's something about him that when you give to him you don't lose when you give to God you don't lose anything you're giving to him and you're gaining Oh, God, help me tonight. You don't understand. When you're giving to God in worship, you are gaining. You're not losing anything. When you work your job, and if you got to work hard, you use brain power. If you work physical job, you lose strength. Whatever you do that gives off energy, you lose something. When you worship God, you gain. You don't lose anything. You gain. You build up spiritual strength. You build up a relationship. When you worship God, you receive. You don't lose. Mm, mm, mm. Psalms 45, verse 11, the word of God says, So shall the king greatly desire thy beauty, for he is the Lord, and worship thou him. I believe I can stop at this point. You'll probably get the message that what belongs to the king is worship. What belongs to the king is worship. <laughs> Listen to me. He's not asking you for your worship because your worship don't really belong to you. Your worship belongs to him. So really your worship, you don't have a choice. It is for you to give him. It's not for you to keep it to yourself. Hebrews chapter 1, verse number 5 says, And again, when he bringeth in the forgotten into the world, he said, And let all the angels of God worship him. If you brought anything into the world, humans, they adore you, unless you're just an evil person. But whatever you bring in the world, whether it's whether it's when they were little and all they knew how to say was dad, dad, mama, they adore you. The natural, the natural always show us what the spiritual is like. Whenever you have children, you bring them into the world, whether it was when they were baby, they adored you. When they saw a stranger, they ran from stranger and ran into your arms. They adored you. You are the one they adored. You brought them in the world. They adored you. Where we came from. Where did we come from? We need to be like how our children was with us. 
We need to adore where we came from, who we came from. We, we, when we hear his name, we should be looking around. I'm sure in my house, if I'm not around and anybody say, Dad, they looking. Where Dad? I'm sure in your house somebody looking. You say, Mom, where Mom? Whatever the case may be, when your name get mentioned around the people who adore you, they look for you. We were created by him. And so the bottom line is, we ought to look to run to him. Where Whenever we, we, we have opportunity, we need to run to him. We need to make sure we adore him. In Matthew chapter 22, verse number 19, look at this. I'm getting ready to finish this thing up right here. Matthew chapter 22, verse number 19 says, show me the tribute money, Jesus speaking. They brought unto him a penny. Jesus is awesome, man. I love, I love to read his teaching, the stuff that he, he does. Look at verse 20. And he said unto them, whose is this image and superscription? They said unto him, Caesar's. Do you know the scripture? Then said he unto them, render therefore unto Caesar the things which are Caesar's. And unto God, the things that are God's. <laughs> Look at him. He even took a back seat. He, he, he set us up real good. Listen, you see Caesar's inscription uh, on, on, on that penny? Yes. Well, that means that's Caesar's money. You better give Caesar what belongs to Caesar. See how good God is? Bring me to another subject. I'm going to be done at 730. I promise you that and I'm going to be done. But 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 here is what what came to my mind. That is so funny about that. We're always thinking that we have to be one way. And because we're let me say it this way. Brother D, you know what we do all the time? We think in order to show what we're good at or how good we are, we got to bring down somebody else. Uh-huh. We do it all the time. In order to prove our worth and our value, we think we got to bring down somebody else. We got to talk bad about somebody else in order to prop ourselves up. That's not what Jesus did. Jesus said, give to Caesar what is due unto Caesar and to God what is due unto God. So we can do all of what we're supposed to do. We don't need to put down nobody just to make sure we tell them about Jesus. I don't need to tell you, oh, you're such a sinner and you're so messed up and you've made all these mistakes. I don't have to tell them all of that stuff. All I got to tell them that a Savior was born. Christ the Lord was born to take away the sins of the world and he loves you and he has a plan for you. I don't have to bring them down to tell them anything. We don't need to, as Christians, you better not be bringing nobody down because even if you say you're not propping yourself up, somewhere in there, you're going to try to make yourself look good. That's why you're bringing somebody down. I don't have to bring nobody down. Matter of fact, I'm bringing everybody up. Not bringing nobody down, especially this, you know, Christmas time. We need to bring everybody up. Don't bring nobody down. Bring them all up. It doesn't affect who you are. If you are okay, bring people up. It's not going to lower your standards. It's not going to lower who you are. Bring them up. We don't have to do that. Remember, it's in the eyes of God that we matter. 
I want to I want to be liked by everybody. Not possible. I'll try my best to love my neighbor and love everybody and do what's right, but I'm still not going to be loved by everybody. And that's not easy to do anyway. You can't please everybody. But if you put your focus on Jesus and you look to please him and him only, you'll please a lot of people along the line while you're pleasing him. But that's who matter is making sure I am pleasing him. My focus is on him. That word render means deliver, give, and give again. It means repay, perform, recompense, render, restore, reward, sell, yield. Jesus said, render therefore to Caesar the things that are Caesar's. What does that mean? The coin bearing the emperor's image should be given to the emperor. Follow this. In their question, the religious leaders used the word didomi, meaning to give. But when Jesus spoke, when Jesus responded, Jesus responded with the word apo didomi, meaning to pay a debt. What, what they were talking about that you're supposed to give unto Caesar is give. Uh-huh recompense but in Jesus's case what you're supposed to give to him is a debt that you have for him you're indebted to him <laughs> in their question the religious leaders used that word because they didn't understand but when Jesus came on the scene he showed them a more a stronger use of that word Listen to me. We are required to pay taxes, aren't we? Yes. And if we don't pay taxes, we can go to jail, right? Yes. We owe Jesus worship. You owe taxes and they make you pay taxes. Uh huh. Guess what? You owe Jesus. I owe Jesus. You owe him, I owe him, we all owe him. Uncle Sam say you owe him and you have no, some of the things I get just really strong-willed about, um, Shauna, I get strong-willed about saying if the, if the government is saying I got to pay taxes on the money I worked, the money I earned, my sweat, my tears, my time, and they're saying, I want 20% of that. For some of us, 30% of that, depending on what tax bracket you are, they're saying, you have no choice, but I want some of that that you work for. You think I'm going to withhold anything from Jesus? That's how my brain works. You think I would be crazy enough to withhold anything from God when man and man always got something going on for their self-interest. Man cannot live without getting a little something, something for himself. So even when they make law to say this is what's best for the country, oh, guess what? There are some people all behind that that saying this is going to work perfectly for me. So 
little man who is flawed that's telling me I got to pay 20 to 30 percent in tax when I work. You think I'm going to blink an eye to give my tithes and offering? You think I'm going to blink an eye to bring my worship to God? Oh, my God, I'm going to give him my worship. I'm going to give him my praise. I'm going to give him my money. I'm going to give him my whole heart because he deserves it. Give the king what belongs to him. Philippians chapter 2, verse number 9. Wherefore, God had highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. You ready for this? That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow <laughs> of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Church, hear me today. I got to tell you this. We as people in this earth, every one of us, will worship the king voluntarily or involuntarily. Every one of us will willingly or unwillingly worship God. Every one of us, because we, we, we're going to worship him because of either our reverence for him or because of our disdain for him. Guess what? We're going to worship God one way, one way or the other. He says, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. One way or another, we're going to worship him whether we want to or we don't want to. What do you mean by that, preacher? We here tonight can worship him if we want to voluntarily. We can worship him because we, we're going to reverence him. We're going to worship him. Worship him whenever. Worship him at home. Worship him in the car. Worship him at work. Wherever we can worship him, wherever we are, in the restroom or wherever we are, we can worship him. Because we want to. But let's say we don't want to. Because we don't believe all that stuff. Every one of us, this entire world, every man, every, every human person that was created will one day have to stand before God. And when they get to the place where they realize he really is who he said he was, he really is the king of kings. He really do have all power. He is really the one that can kill the body and the soul. He really is the one that created all things. He really is the one that is all knowing. When you come to that place and realize you won't spend eternity with him, you're going to bow and you're going to cry and you're going to wail and you're going to gnash and say, God, I didn't know. I'm sorry. And you're going to bow down and you're going to cry and you're going to say, Lord, I'm sorry. Save me. And it will be too late. Everybody got to get there. So whether you want to do it voluntarily or involuntarily, it's up to you. But at some point in time, we're going to have to worship him and recognize who he is. Come on and praise him. We need to recognize who he is right now and praise him right now and worship him right now and bless his name right now. Stand with me.
we're going to have to get there. And I don't want to get there because I'm bawling and begging for some excuse and begging for him to make some, 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 uh, you know, give me a break. God, give me a break. Can you just, just, just for this? No, no, because he is a loving, a kind, a forgiving he is a merciful and a gracious God, and he is given mercy. He's dealing out mercy and grace all day, every day. And we have the choice uh, to bow down and worship him. Those wise men traveled many miles, uh, and they went and worshiped him. And people were local and right there, and they didn't seek to find out what was going on. Why is that? It's all in our heart. We can say whatever we want. It's all in our heart. Whatever we decide to do is what we will do. And the bottom line is, it's Christmas time. And he is the reason for the season. This thing started out with us celebrating his birth because we needed a savior. We needed one to deliver us from sin. We had no hope. And here he comes. He says, I'm right on time and I'm going to be there for you. I'm going to come and be the lamb slain for your sins. He came and that's what he came for. To rescue us. Now it's up to us. Will we respond and say thank you Jesus. And do what we're supposed to do. Because he came for that. Give the king what belongs to him. Because what belongs to him is your worship. What belongs to him is your praise. What belongs to him is your heart. Your mind. Your soul. Let's make this Christmas about him. And not about anything else. Let's make this Christmas about him. And nothing else. Let the love of God overtake you. And show somebody the love of God. Father in the name of Jesus. I thank you tonight Lord God. For your word. I thank you tonight, Lord God, for your presence and for allowing us to come together in this hour in such a time as this. I pray, Almighty God, that you will move in our hearts tonight. That as we walk away and go to our respective place of dwelling, those that are already in their respective place of dwelling, I pray that they will lift their hands and just begin to worship you where they are. Will somebody lift their hands tonight and worship God wherever you are, whether it's in the sanctuary or you're at home, make your bedroom, make your living room, wherever you are, make it your sanctuary now and worship God because this is what it's about. I thank God for all he's done and all the blessings he bestowed upon us but let us bestow our praise and our worship unto him because that's what this is about. It's not about us. It's about us giving him what rightfully belongs to him. Our worship rightfully belongs to him. Our worship rightfully belongs to him. It's not for anyone else, but our worship is, it's his. It belongs to him. Oh God, have your way tonight, Lord Jesus. I pray that you'll stir up the gift of the Holy Ghost that is inside of us. That when we sit at our dinner tables tomorrow, that where we go to visit tomorrow, oh God, your love and your presence will flow from us because, Lord, we will have an encounter with you tonight and we will worship you in the beauty of holiness and we will give what rightfully belongs to you 
cannot withhold it, Lord God, because our worship belongs to you. Our worship belongs to you. Receive our worship tonight, Lord God. Have your way, sweet Jesus. We love you, O great God. There is none like you. There is none like you. Oh, we lift our hands. We lift our voice. And we say, God, we praise you. We honor you. We bless your name. For you are the King of kings. The Lord of lords. The great I am. Oh, here's our worship, Lord. All of our worship. We give our worship to you, Lord God. We give it to you, Lord, for it belongs to you. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. There is none like you. 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 Receive our worship. Receive our praise. Oh, glory be to God. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, God. God bless you, church. Merry Christmas. Have a wonderful time tomorrow celebrating the birth of the King. I love you. Have a wonderful evening. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus.
Yes, you are. 